I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And we coming from a basement to your headphones, barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown. Thank you for downloading the Podcastianos. Now here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. Welcome back to another episode of the Podcastianos. I am Jordan Hall, and I'm joined, as always, by Eric Wayne. Eric, good to be talking to you again. How are you this evening? Yeah, I'm terrific. Uh, life is good. I'm just... Just live and dream every day, Jordan. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like you're you're quite the softball professional at this point. Yeah, we did play some softball last night. Uh, you know, we got to play some church league softball, mix it up, and uh, we won the first game. I got a big hit. It was fun, which is which is rare because I'm not that good. Uh, but yeah, it was good times. Big hit. You're you're Giancarlo Stanton all of a sudden. Yeah, That's... yeah, flexing the guns. Yeah. It's powerhouse of yeah. recreational softball. <laughs> um, so it was an interesting weekend for, for me also. Um, yes. As you guys may have seen on my Twitter feed on Sunday, I was at the NASCAR. Um, my brother-in-law works at the track, so he's able to swing us uh, free tickets. Got to go down in the pits, walk on the track, um, then you know watch him drive hard and, and turn left and all, and all that stuff. Um, it was like I... I don't mean to say any of this to disparage NASCAR because I, I completely get the um, misunderstood thing that everyone hates, uh, as in you know being a soccer fan. So, but it was it was interesting. I've never been a NASCAR guy, but it was actually really cool to like be on the track and see how like steep the bank is. It, it was kind of yes. wild. Mm -hmm. They say that um, along with hockey, NASCAR is one of the things that you really need to experience in person to really get the full effect. Like if you're on TV, if you're watching on TV, it's one thing. But the the sights, the smells, the especially the, the noise at a NASCAR race is impressive. Yeah, it was extremely loud. We had to yes. we had we got ourselves um, the little ear things that go in. Although I have mm. to admit that I was about 150 laps of 200 in before I had mine in my ears properly. So it was yeah. it was a loud race for me. Not gonna you, you got to roll the little sponges. Is I that tried, what you had? I tried. Yeah, you got to roll. I tried oh, rolling. I, I tried squishing pinch. them. You it roll. Was, it was a bloodbath, definitely. But it is. <laughs> 
is very loud. Um, I think I would have needed a little bit more backstory to it. Like, I know that there's teams and there's strategy, but to me, watching it just looked like zoom, zoom, zoom. Like, oh, fast car, fast car, fast car, fast car. Um, and, you know, it was it was extremely impressive. I didn't necessarily come away thinking, all right, I'm a NASCAR guy now. Um, but it was it was a really interesting experience. Um, what, what I came away from it big time with was that it was elite level people watching. Um, sure. It yes. was probably the highest per uh, per capita ponytail event I've ever been mm. to. Um, just just male man ponytails everywhere. Um, I, I had on my American flag bandana as as one does going to NASCAR and on the the Patriot scale. Of like one to a hundred, I was like a six. It only went more patriotic from where I was at. Um, I, I think I sent you the picture. There was there was a guy wearing uh, a button down that had Mount Rushmore on the front, which I <laughs> yeah, I did was, see that was good. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. there was the the guy that had on American flag pants. I mean, I, I think a kind all, of a beefy big dude. He was he was not small, right? <laughs> he reminded me of the Rex Quando guy from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> yes. And uh, but he was kind of he was kind of pudgy. So to me, he was Rex Quan Donut. So <laughs> definitely. Um, and also, I thought it was really funny. Um, so the game was, or the, excuse me, the race was on was broadcast on NBCSN. Well, you know what comes on prior to NASCAR on NBCSN? That would be the Man United game. So in, in all of the various TVs and all the yeah. pits and stuff, they had this, you know, the, the commie kickball on, which I thought was really <laughs> funny. Kami I'm sure kickball. that the, the tire changers were super thrilled about watching that before the race. Mm. Um, but it was it was a cultural experience. It was it was something it was a- that I would not not necessarily choose to do again. But I don't know, kind of an interesting thing to have experienced once. If I had a friend from Britain or Europe or something come and hang out and said, you know, show me America. <laughs> Tell me what America is like. Teach me your ways. I'm like, all right, put your coat on. We're going, we're going to NASCAR race. Okay, so let's transition to baseball because I don't know if you're aware of this, but this is a baseball podcast. Podcast. Are we supposed to talk about Tigers? It will probably we'll should get there. at some point. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, but last week, the MLB released uh, their their players weekend gear, which gives players oh, the right. chance to wear a nickname on the back of their jerseys for the weekend. Um, each team took a, a slightly new, though not completely out of the box, uh, take on their color scheme. Essentially, it's more gear for us all to buy. Let's be honest. That's what it is. Uh, let's yeah. start with the cap. It's very orange and there is a tiger in the front, not the yep. old English D. What did you think about it? Well, the tiger face itself, I think, is the same tiger face that's used in the Comerica Park logo. It, it's it's been around. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the um, kind of the modern take. It's not the coked out tiger, you know, <laughs> with the big bug eyes. Um, it's it's a modern take. It's it's a it's pretty cool. I don't mind that tiger, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's here in a new context. And yes, in um, electric orange yeah that definitely i don't mind it i like it i was really like when i when i first saw it it was kind of from a distance and i'm like oh yeah that's awesome because i've always wanted like you know when you're when you have a navy blue hat you feel weird wearing that with like a black shirt you know because black and navy blue whereas if you had you know bright orange and blue that could essentially go with anything um, and then I got close. I'm like, I I'm writing this know. down, you know, from a real fashion guy. Yeah, this is, this is style, style tips with Jordan. Thank you. Um, yeah, you should you should all be jotting this down real quick. Um, but it is so bright. It's one of those like 
uh, that's what I'm wearing. Well, what other people would wear to go hunting in so as to not get shot. I'm just, it's even brighter than like Tennessee volunteer orange. Yeah. Even that would have been a little bit better. That would have been nice. I would have liked a nice, you know, Tennessee volunteer colored orange, you know, just the tigers. I mean, but yeah, this was pretty intense. Yeah. That's a great word for it. It is very intense. Um, but I, I won't be purchasing, but I wasn't a million miles away from, from pulling the trigger. They're also like 40 bucks. So that was kind of a prohibitive factor. Nah. Um, they also released the nicknames that the players had chosen to wear on their backs. Uh, there was some interesting ones. Uh, what do you, did you have any best or worst tigers nicknames chosen? My favorite is Castellanos (laughs) because I just imagine them telling him, say, Hey, you have to pick a nickname. And he's like, I have to pick a nickname. And they're like, yeah, so he picked Nick because he needed a nickname. Yeah. I just imagine that's how it's going. I, I definitely can't see book. it being going down any other way. Like that definitely feels like like Nick to me. And I, I don't but know. There wasn't there but... wasn't a lot of real awesome ones. No. Um, there was a, a whole collection of uh, nicknames around the film Step Brothers. Mm-hmm. And I have not seen the film, so I'm not in with the the cool people joke. But I guess um, Alex and Justin Wilson, before Justin was traded, had picked the names of the two stepbrothers because their last name is both Wilson. Yeah, Dale is the John C. Riley character, and Brennan yep. is Will Ferrell. Um, yep. And then there's a, a sequence where they're discussing, you know, my name's Dale. But you can, and I think Dale says that he can call tells brennan that you can call him dragon and then brennan tells dale that he can call him nighthawk which is and matu mikey matuks yeah yep. yeah it's very very funny i thought that was probably the best of it i like shaner too i don't really shaner. i don't really see people calling shane green shaner but i kind of like it i think i think i'll start calling him that i don't there was some i didn't get like at all uh it's probably just inside jokes or whatever because kinsler is like bootsy that i mean we watched you know the majority of the to? games, and I've never heard that. We're smart people, Jordan. Yeah. We know things, and we didn't know Bootsy. No. I, I didn't like uh, Robom. Bromine is right there. Just use it. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Foam Piece? That's the other one I have written down. I thought that foam was piece? Foam Piece. Yeah. I thought that was um, interesting. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not loving it. No. Um, I did like JV and Jay-Z. Because um, Jay Z also sounds like um, a rapper. His name is Jay Z. I know Jay Z is just because I didn't know who Big Sean was doesn't not mean I didn't know who Jay Z is. I don't, I don't know where your your rap knowledge comes down. I know you. I know you know Eminem. <laughs> That's the the one the one definite here. Um, it ends in about two thousand seven. Okay, <laughs> it's kind of where I'm at. That gives me a good time frame. I can work with that. Okay, Thank so that, this brings us to this week's leadoff question. Uh, what nickname would you put on the back of your player? Players Weekend jersey. Oh man, I don't know. Uh, I'd have to think about that. Um, probably. Um, I, I I will say that I thought about. Uh, it would be funny if some relief pitcher put fungible on the back. You know, like easily exchangeable. That's kind of the the joke with uh, saber guys about the relief pitchers. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'd pick um sensual lover. <laughs> Something like that, you know, just just to make everything a little awkward and, you know, let the ladies know, you know, I, soft hands. I definitely think that would make things a little awkward um, for mine. I actually didn't want letters. Just give me like four fire emojis. I think that would probably be probably do it. Use a 
emojis on a I'm sure you want your license plate to be a fire emojis. I can't get that. that. Can you? Uh, we're we're no more than five years away from being being able to have emojis on license plates, and that's, that's when true. civilization will reach its peak. Then it'll be all downhill from there. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, before we get into the contact info, let's talk a little fantasy football. One more week. I believe we have one spot left in the Listener Fantasy Football League. If you want to compete against Eric and I and all the other listeners from around this great state and country, send us an email at podcastianos uh, at gmail.com with your name, Twitter handle if you have one, um, and amuse us. Give us a brief explanation of why you should be in the league. I've read all of the ones so far. They've all been very funny. Appreciate you taking the time to do that. Um, you know, add a little spice to our dull lives. Uh, and yeah, I think we need one, one more. So be very funny or be very quick. Uh, cause there's one spot left on Twitter. I am at Jordan hall 23. Eric is at Comeric Eric. And the show is at podcast on, uh, the Instagram. My fire emoji account is at Jordino four J O R D I N H O. And then number four, facebook.com backslash podcastianos and we'd love it if you would take the time to subscribe rate and review us on itunes google play soundcloud uh, or whatever other platform you're listening to the show on and i have a sad announcement we didn't have any fun uh or any reviews from last week um so we have nothing to read out but if you leave us a review make it amusing um you can roast eric in it uh and i'll read it out the, the following week and we'll all have a good time with it yeah just roast me Jordan's a little sensitive. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Especially the since the NASCAR lately. incident. Yeah. 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 I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the podcast, Giannis. So as we mentioned previously, uh, Eric and I were at the game on Saturday. Uh, in between the various autograph requests and the meetings yep. with Al Avila, uh, we were actually t- treated to a really good, fun game. Uh, the one thing I it think, was. I think the one thing that we both took away was the crowd atmosphere. It was just unreal. It, it, it was unreasonably excited. Now, I guess we're more, you know, we are we are sophisticated, you know, intelligent baseball fans. You know, we know that we shouldn't be having fun at this game. We know that the Tigers are no longer going to be winning the World Series and are probably no longer in contention for any kind of playoff spot. That is the so, only thing we can derive joy from. Yes. Them, the the plebs. The peons are out there enjoying the baseball game, but us, we are sophisticated and smart and had lower levels of enjoyment, obviously, because we are informed. Yes. I think it just shows the fighting spirit of Detroit. I think you can extrapolate (laughs) a lot from that. Yeah. People were charged up. They stayed. We were down by four runs, I believe, at one stage, Um, middle to late through the game. Are we? I think no. the I think the real turning point was when the drunk lady in front of us informed <laughs> the batter that the pitcher didn't have um, a, a fancy word for poop, and then it turned yeah. out that that he didn't, and uh, Jay up hit the the walk off. True. It, it was it was like she was a soothsayer. She just communicated her vision from the two hundred level. Where I'm sure it went right into the pitcher's well, we ears. We weren't in the 300. We weren't in the 300 level yeah. with all those scrubs. Yeah, no. Two, Everything 200. in moderation. Yep. It's a uh, good Calvinist. Yeah. Jay, Jay up hit the walk off. It was a lot of fun. The crowd fun. definitely deserved it. I'm not sure we did, but the crowd definitely <laughs> did. 
it was people were excited everybody like i said everybody stayed it was loud we were rewarded to a pretty good game at first i thought it was going to be kind of a stinker we were giving up all these runs but we clawed back at one point i looked at jordan i'm like we're really not that far out of this and and back we came yeah there was was one point where i was trying to determine how many more runs need to be scored before romine was getting on the hill which That's right. that would have been a different outcome that also would have been excellent. I mean, winning right. on a walk-off was great. Seeing Romine on the hill would have been a different kind of great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did still give up 11 runs in that game. If you score 12, you can give up a, a, up to 11, <laughs> and it's still fine. Those are that's, that's stats. That's math. Um, yeah. But this specific game was so much more than just a game. It was Fiesta Tigres. Um I actually, My favorite comment was the dancers were on the field and we walk up there and Jordan looks at glances at the dancers and he goes, wow, they're really going at it. <laughs> like, yeah, you got their their dance going. Yeah, they they did not have their dance going. Um, I was there. I was there for Fiesta Tigres last year randomly. Um, this was your first experience, correct? You know, I Oh, I think I've actually been to Fiesta Tigres one time before, but I think it's been three or four years ago. Gotcha. Well, what were your thoughts? I, I love it. I think it's really cool to highlight the the Latin players. Um, they introduced them special beforehand with kind of their um, place of birth, their, their native country. Um, they have the flags on the field. And I think just for the average fan, it is still a good way to remind people and open up the eyes to say um, – Hey, it's a global game, um, and and these guys are are coming um, to a, a a land that's not their first home, and they're they're figuring it out. Um, and they they do some things in Spanish um, as far as introductions. Uh, Omar Vizquel uh, ran down the introductions, and just um, hearing uh, these guys speak Spanish. Um, I highly recommend there was an interview a while back with Miguel Cabrera um, and it's it's in Spanish. Even if you don't understand Spanish, watch him being interviewed in Spanish, because a lot of the things about that you think about Miguel Cabrera, you know, he's a superstar and he seems a little bit aloof or sometimes not very smooth or not really – uh, eager and engaging to speak with the media, a lot of that evaporates when he's being interviewed in Spanish. He, it's much more fluid. He's much more um, engaged. And if you think about it, it makes total sense. Here's a guy speaking his second language. He learned on the fly. Um, and I just always think that that kind of context is good. Now, um, you know, I spend a week a year in Latin America. It's not a lot. Um, but if you start thinking about some of what these guys have gone through, um, I think it just gives you a new new perspective. Yeah. And Mickey's a guy who's been here for what, 15 years at this point. Imagine some of the younger kids that are just coming through. Um, I was actually thinking about a little bit today at work. I think that the Latino population in baseball is subjected to the largest culture shift of any population in American sports. Like you have small pockets of European, you know, basketball players, hockey players that come over. Many of them already speak English. Um, Most of them are grown men, typically established in like their their local, um, you know, domestic league. Some of them are often well paid. A lot of these Latinos come come to America knowing very little English. They're young, um, you know, differing economic backgrounds. It is such a massive, uh, massive culture shift. 
Yep. It, I, I'm going to recommend two movies on this topic. And the first one that you have to see is a 19, uh, excuse me, a 2008 film called Sugar. Um, it's that one. That film is fictional. Um, it's a it's a drama, but it, it shows the, a guy from um, Dominican Republic um, coming to play in the Midwest League, something we're kind of familiar with. And um, it, it really uh, dramatizes, dramatizes, um, some of the real life stories that, that guys had about trying to order some food and just get through the cultural shift. Um, it's a really cool movie. So, uh, I, rec- I recommend that. And the other one, the other one, um, feature is a documentary. It features, uh, Miguel Sano, who we, we saw play just right now for the, for the twins. And that it's a real documentary. He's one of two guys from the Dominican Republic that is followed. Um, it talks about kind of the academy scene and especially the uh, drama around age and birth certificates and getting a legitimate age on these guys. Because sometimes they'll um, pose as uh, – they'll be older and pose as younger players to try to increase their their draft stock. Um, but uh, – uh, Pelotero is the name of that that movie. Uh, so Pelota is a is the ball. So ball player is Pelotero. So uh, you gotta you gotta watch that movie, um, and you'll it'll give you a whole new perspective on Miguel Sano. Miguel Sano looks like just a, a fully grown man who appeared, you know, and just crushes home runs. Uh, no, it's it's not that way. You you gotta watch the movie. Now, I'm given to know if you open up a ball player, you can just count the rings and determine uh, how old they are. Is that is that correct? Well, it, it, the process is like super thorough. They go to the government and they try to figure out which ones are forged and what, which ones are not. And they say Miguel Sano's date of birth was one of the most scrutinized um, documents and, pro, and, and um, you know, Pick your favorite American ball player. I mean, their birth certificate isn't looked twice at. You probably don't even see. I mean, they claim it on the, the, some form someplace, and well, okay, that's what it is. But um, Sano got a lot of attention. You know, there's still questions like Albert Pujols. How you know how old is he? Um, and maybe some of that's legitimate, but um, he got, this certainly got a lot of scrutiny. Yeah, I want to go back to the the, the sugar uh, kind of storyline about his lack yep. of um, acclimatization to to America. I feel like I remember hearing a story about Levon Hernandez when he first got here. He essentially was just smashing McDonald's like every single day, and he ended up, you know, you remember Levon? He was he was yep. a big guy, and how some of the very basic things that you would associate with life in America, they just don't have any experience with, and and they essentially need somebody to, you know, just explain some things to them and and a lot of times they don't they don't have that um and i don't know if this is actually along this vein or if it's just a funny story but apparently there was one week last year where yoan mankata ate 200 and twinkies or 220 twinkies in one week um wow you know i I don't know if that's you know him you know needing help acclimatizing to america or just really digging (laughs) just like twinkies but um i feel like it really um i don't this that struggle goes so underappreciated you know, yep. obviously nobody has an easy path getting to the big leagues. Like, you know, you have to be wildly talented, put in extreme, you know, hard work and still catch breaks. Uh, but I think it makes it makes it easier for me um, to root for a guy like Candelario or Paredes to make it to the big leagues. You know, I, I, and obviously I don't know their backgrounds, but just kind of on the whole. And it makes it easier for me to cut them some slack. Like if you're uh, 
if you know if if you can hit and if you can run and you can hit home runs all of a sudden people kind of forget the fact that there is a human being with with thoughts and emotions inside that head inside your head um and you know taking all that into account it makes it a little easier you know if somebody goes through a, a slump or maybe gets picked off second but you know something like that you can think all right you know i'm giving them a pass this one time right well and there's the cultural acclimatization but then there's also like they're nowhere near home they're worried about their families they're not seeing their families it's hard for them to come and visit the guys from venezuela thinking about all the 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 riots and political unrest that's happening in their country they're worried about their families there's a lot going on there i respect these guys a lot yeah mickey said that he would he would be concerned for his life going back to his native mm-hmm. country like just think about that like that is so yep such an immense thing you know we wonder you know he has you know we it, he we look at him and you and you think you know maybe miggy's hurt i think some of the physical you know the or the mental strain that is, when you're so embroiled in something like that it, it does have physical ramifications and you know not hitting for as much power like i think you you know it's obviously a little bit convoluted but i think you can draw some lines from one to the other we are uh, relational and emotional creatures and it, it it is part of who we are as people um one i have a i have one more stat and then we'll move on to to tigers baseball specifically um according to the study for you know relate race relations things by mlb which is the exact title of it of course um 31.9 of opening day rosters in 2017 uh were latino uh players Yet wow. there's only one Latino manager, Rick Renteria, and one Latino GM, uh, Al Avila. Yeah, I think that's, wow. that's striking. Like that, I mean, 30, 31, I mean, that's 32%. That's, that's almost a third, um, and then one of each. And, you know, obviously there have been a lot that have kind of come and go. Um, and just at, at, we're not at a current point where that's, that's something that's super rampant in baseball. Right. Uh, you know, what can you attribute that to? Uh, there's a ton of factors. We don't have time to break them all down. Uh, you know, uh, so baseball could certainly do more about uh, promoting and, and um, the advancement of, of Latino uh, players to the coaching and managing ranks. They're trying to do some things to help uh, Latino players feel more comfortable. They've mandated that a translator be in every clubhouse. Um, so they're, they're trying to do some things, positive things to um, make a more integrated culture. I think with um, Spanish speaking players and Latin players. Um, uh, but I, I think, um, I don't know what I think. I certainly could more could be done. I'd like to like to see more upper level Latin players come through. Yeah. And I, I think as um, you have kind of this, not that the, these, some of these guys that are recently retiring are kind of your pioneer generation of Latino players, but I feel like there's some of these guys that are recently retiring are some of the more vocal, um, charismatic, uh, Latinos retiring. And I think that might be the generation that finally does break itself into management, into upper management. Um, and hopefully, hopefully that will bring about a change. Um, you know, I would like to think that there's only one Latino manager because there's, you know, there's there hasn't been a plethora of good choices, and hopefully that can that can change. I you know I don't know if that's the case or not, but hopefully we can 
Um, I mean, when, when you have a third of your players, your third of your roster yeah. as Latino, it, it does help when you have have some some give and take there. And I, I hopefully uh, more people will see it. It's going to be a, to a competitive advantage to have um, uh, a Spanish speaking manager. Or at least co. I mean, we obviously have have uh, Omar. coaches. Yeah. yeah. And that that does help with the um, relations, I, I would say. All right. Let's move on to actual baseball on our fields this past week. Uh, Mikey Matuk. We love him. You love him. We all love him. Um, since the All-Star break, he leads our team in hits and runs. Second, second in extra base hits behind Upton. Um, he's hitting 358. And among all regulars this season, he has the highest batting average. Are you buying in? I don't know. Uh, here's a reason, yes. Um, he was a first-round draft pick. He He's always been toolsy. The pedigree um, there. The pedigree is there. Um, he he hadn't had a ton of major league chances before he came with the Tigers. I mean, I don't know how many games he started, but it's not like um, he's failed for two or three years and he was some t- total scrub. And it seemed like a lot um, of his season were derailed by injuries, too, with Tampa. Mm, yep. So he's he's fast. He's built like an oxen. I mean, they were kind of giving him crap about coming into camp just too swole. Uh, it's a problem I have a lot too. People always say that to me too. Yeah, Eric, you're too swole. It's true. Um, maybe some reasons why not. Um, he, you know, he's getting a little older. He's not. He's not old, old, but you think he would have shown you a little bit more flashes before now. Um, Was everybody missing on him that we got him so cheap? If this is going to be what Mikey Matuk is, did we just, you know, rob him? Um, I'd be hesitant to say that what we've gotten in the last month is what we can bank on from Matuk from here on out. Okay, so Matuk is 27. Dixon is 25. Yeah. He's two years older than Dixon Machado, a guy we all think got to get him some playing time, find out what he has. Like, it doesn't feel like yeah. it's, it's that big of a big of a gap for me. I don't know. We have so much history recently with JD. Like, JD's kind of the obvious. We plucked him from, you know, relative obscurity. He was a well thought of prospect, just like Mikey, until he wasn't. And then we took him off the scrap heap. Um, I, I like him. I, he plays hard, and I think one of the most impressive things about him this year is we've sucked. Like, it's been a terrible, dull right. season, and yet he's still put in the performances, at least since he's become a regular starter, day in and day out. Uh, I, we, we discussed how how hard it must be when you know that really it doesn't matter what's going on, you know, on the field. There's not, not really any baseball ramifications to, to get it up every single night. And Mikey's right. done that. Like he he has apparently an extra drive. Um, the the fire burns. I feel like I'm on sports talk radio right now. But he's he's clearly a guy who who doesn't have a problem. Um, you know, getting it going. Are you getting aboard the blame train for Osmus uh, saying, "Hey, he was on the roster the whole time. Why weren't you playing the Matukmeister? You know, we could have." <laughs> We could have, you know, made the playoffs if we, you know, stuck Mikey out there right from the beginning. What were you thinking? You buying that? No, I'm, I'm not buying that. Some of that? I, 
there there is certainly a line of thinking there and that maybe he should have the thing is is it's not necessarily that he should have been in the lineup it's that the guys we had in the lineup shouldn't have been in the lineup and if that's yeah. the case maybe he does get in i mean look at how many times tyler collins was out there yeah. we just threw away those at bats you know i don't necessarily have anything against tyler as as a as a person he seems like a fine dude Yes, that's the obvious exception. But we knew coming into the season what Tyler Collins was, and that is very, meh, he's fine. Whereas yep. we didn't have any clue as to what Mikey Moss, and I have a hard time believing that Mikey would have turned in worse performances than Tyler if you're just coming at it from, from completely no knowledge whatsoever. But, but in spring training, there was the the, the trilogy the of Collins, Jones, and Matuk. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a clear winner in spring training, if I'm remembering. And if anything, it was Jones. Jones. Yeah. And Jones is who we went with. I mean, there's a month of spring training for a reason is you try to find out who you had. And the determination was Jones is probably the best bet. And they all played a crap ton Um, of games because the world baseball classic opened up so many other various holes. Like there was, there was definitely plenty of a film, if you will, on all three guys. Right. So it's not like they're just had, a blind eye and put their head down and put Matuk on the bench. Like play up to that point kind of suggested that Matuk was your fifth outfielder. And I'm going to tell you guys all a little secret. Come a little closer. All right. Him being in the lineup wouldn't have changed anything because we're still not a very good baseball team. Blasphemy. <laughs> okay. So that has been a lot of, a uh, lot of talk. So let's have a little fun. Um, our boy at Fleiss Dav. I'm assuming it's been named probably Dave, but it's shortened to Dav. Uh, he tweeted us, with the end of the Mr. I era, what is your all-time lineup and rotation from it? Uh, he shortened it to when we were good, 2006 to 2016. I thought this would be a fun uh, experiment. We each actually came up with our full 25-man uh, roster. So why don't we go ahead and go through this? We can we can talk through some of the more interesting picks. Um, you want to just go back and forth? You want to do yours yeah. and then mine? Yeah, we'll go back and forth. All right. Um, Catcher, I think is pretty obvious, and that is Ivan Pudge Rodriguez. Any debate? Nope, I have Pudge also. Batting eighth. Oh, you put a lineup together. Oh, I put a lineup together. Okay. Uh, First base, who you got? I went with Prince. Um, Obviously, Miggy is in my lineup just elsewhere. As far as who has who produced the most in the last 10 years at first base, it's pretty well Prince Fielder. Um, and I have him batting cleanup. Okay. I, I have Cabrera at first because I do not want Cabrera at third. <laughs> in my lineup, defense is not a consideration. <laughs> it is a very but, poor defensive team. All right. So yes, at, at, at second choice would be Fielder at first. Yeah. All right. Second base. Uh, I went with Placido Polanco. Probably one of my all-time favorite Tigers. Dude is just the the prototypical number two hitter. Love him. I have him at second base, batting second. I have Kinsler. I I think Kinsler is probably more toolsy um, than Polanco. He's going to hit for some more power than Polanco. I I think um, I think Kinsler is a more productive ball player. Did Did Kinsler win a an ALCS MVP award though? Not yet. Oh, you got Not there. yet. We saw Polanco at um, Fiesta Tigres, right? Yeah. We gave him a standing ovation. And by that, yeah. I mean, I think we clapped for him. Yeah. He's still got a bulging head, so we know he's healthy. That's that's really <laughs> good. Not, Everything's normal. It's not small. It's good. All right. Uh, uh, shortstop. 
shortstop. This was a tough one for me. I actually had to look up some numbers and I had to think about it a little bit, but I went with Carlos Guillen. Yes, I, I went with Guillen too. Another, I don't know if it's just this era, but also another one of my all-time favorite Tigers. Him staring down Jared Weaver. I was at that game. That incident. Oh, it's a good game. That incident that was such alone puts him on this team. I, that is probably one of my favorite Tigers memories. Just, just overall, yeah. That was the my favorite Tiger game I've ever been at, and second most memorable, only to uh, Galarraga. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I picked again. You did too. Uh, Peralta, Johnny Peralta would be a close second. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I have I have yeah. Guillen hitting ninth, which is just how good the lineup is. Right. Um, okay. Third base. I took Inch. Uh, I don't Whoa. think there's a lot of choices here. Uh, there's not a lot of choices. Inch. Had some good years. He's going to play some really good defensive third base for you, which is more than we can say for, uh, I don't know, who are you going to go with? Wilson Betamy? <laughs> That's assume? a name I haven't heard in forever. I went with Miggy at third, um, you know, just to, oh, just to s- squeeze in as many. He is He's batting third. Um, I didn't have an issue with Inge. I didn't like how much people loved Inge, you know, because that's just kind of how I am. Inge was a, was a monument of the mid 2000s tigers yeah um it ended messily but i think people forget how much inge love there really was for a while oh there was and he was there he was, was not bad yeah um that gets us to what left field left field i yeah. went i went with gary sheffield he didn't necessarily show a ton for us but it's Gary freaking Sheffield. Like he was he in his heyday. He was awesome. He was good. He, was he did not make my team anywhere, um, but he's a second choice some places. Um, it's for me. It's Upton. It's Justin Upton. Yeah. I think if you uh, extend think... this three years, Upton probably would be my pick. Also, he's, he is the best player we have. He is the best player on the Detroit Tigers right now. Yeah. 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 Um, Centerfield. I think this one is obvious. Yeah. With Curtis batting leadoff. Curtis Granderson was was the best center fielder. Um, I don't think you can make it uh, uh, an argument for Austin Jackson, although Jackson gave us some good productivity in center. But Curtis Granderson was better. Yeah, absolutely. I believe my uh, my GM apologist career started with the Curtis trade when I immediately spun it in my own mind and then to all my friends that Max Scherzer, this guy is good and he's going to be worth it. And Phil Coke, that guy can really relieve too. Mm. Um, were you were you making an argument for Daniel Schlereth too? Really no. getting on that Schlereth train? No, I hated him immediately. Um, yeah, just because right. I you were you were loving him. I've never been a huge fan of his father, so that that was pretty much uh, my ex, the extent of my knowledge on on old Daniel. Gotcha. Uh, okay, uh, right field. I have Mags. Um, yeah. JD is kind of the the new trendy choice. I have a spot for him on my team, but I mean Mags was was really good and he was so important to the rebuilding of the franchise yeah there's no question it's maglio yeah you want a batting title he's great all right let's move on Uh, to the bench oh go ahead dh oh dh yeah victor yeah it's got to be victor um honorable mention would be like sheffield yeah or i suppose fielder if you wanted to stash him there Yeah. yeah uh backup catcher backup catcher i went with with avila uh gives you a left-handed bat off the bench uh, I don't know who else you could make a case for Laird, I suppose, but <laughs> I wouldn't make a case for Laird. Oh, um, utility or other infielder. There's only one choice. Let's be honest. 
Don, Don Stop. Kelly. Stop it. You cannot have a team from the 2006 to 2016 era without Don Kelly on your bench. That is that is absurd. That's blasphemy. I would rather have I, I'm joking aside. We make a lot of jokes about in, utility players, but I would rather have Andrew Romine than Don Kelly. That's true. They're 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 both. <laughs> Thank you. They're both um, in their roles, decent, fine players. Yeah, Romine probably has more facets to his game, but but Donnie's nicer. Um, uh, other res- options would be Ramon Santiago. Yeah, Omar Infante. Um, Adam Everett. If you, oh. wanted, you wanted if you wanted some <laughs> defense off that, the bench, that's a bridge too far. Not going there. I remember the the time when. Um, Peralta was playing and me and Lynn Henning got into a um, Twitter argument because he was advocating that we would be a lot better off with Adam Everett than Johnny Peralta at the time. And I was like, Oh, Lynn, just <laughs> go back to your porch and get another glass of Pinot Noir and complain about the, com- the, yeah. the dimensions in Comerica. Yeah. I couldn't take it anymore. Um, okay. So what do we need? Uh, uh, we need a fourth or fifth outfielder, I guess. I went with JD. You need a big thunder bat off the bench to hit a home run off. Maybe, I don't know. Chris sale. You bring JD in. I, I chose Cespedes. Oh, I forgot about yo. That is a tough call. I took Cespedes. Uh, he's got the bat and he's got the big arm. He's going to play a little bit of defense for you. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I, I took Cespedes. Um, rotation time? Yeah. Oh, I, I took Peralta as my as my backup infielder because Donnie. Oh, I Donnie did, can I play. Did too. Donnie can play some infield. He can play some infield. Okay. I did too. Yeah. Let's move to the rotation. Um, I don't think there's any question at the top. It's clearly Verlander. Verlander. Yep. Um, probably the best pitcher in team history. Uh, number two, Max Scherzer. He was he has become unreal with with the Nationals, but he was pretty freaking unreal for us for for a couple of years too. Yep. Um, I think if he'd have stayed a couple more years, he would be just as much of a club legend as as Verlander. Number three, I think this is where where we can di- divert our paths. Where'd you go at number three? Number three, I took David Price. Okay, he was he was so good for a while, and um, I was so excited to get him uh, when we had the, you know the the four aces really. Um, 2013 was it where he had all these guys lined up? Um, yeah, Price for me was number three. Yeah, I also had Price at number three. I thought we were going to be a little different there. Um, at oh. number four, I took Anibal. I know he hasn't been right for two or three years now, but when he was yep. good, he was as good as it gets. And don't. I mean, don't let the the recent past color your memory of him. He was outstanding. He was yep. when we first started the show. The big talking point was: Is Anibal going to recover to what Anibal was? Because what Anibal was was an AL ERA leader, um, yep. and obviously it, he hasn't, and that's kind of sad. But but Anibal was amazing, and that deal when we when we got him was such an absolute steal. Yep, he was. To- he's top five for sure. I have my uh, my fifth starter. Uh, but I think we're all um, we have some bias because uh, things have gotten messy so fast with him. But he was a good. All right. Who you got a four and slash five for me? Uh, I took the gambler. I took Kenny Rogers. <laughs> to me, it was pretty obvious. He won a lot of games for us. Um, a lot of big games, of too. Yeah. Yeah. I was tempted to think about some other guys like uh, maybe Fulmer, Porcello, even Bondman, but yeah. for, for me, it was it was Kenny Rogers. Yeah, I took Kenny too. 
I specifically thought to myself, I'm not taking Nate Robertson here. No, I was never. So we Nate had the Robertson. same starting five. Yes. No. Diff- just just slightly different orders. Yeah. Um, okay. So here's where it gets fun. <laughs> this is where it gets fun. I I half wanted to go just wildly obscure in my bullpen, but then I was like, nope, I'm putting together the bullpen that I would actually choose. So that's kind of what I did. All right. All right. Who's your closer? Uh, Justin or- Wilson. He's the best closer that we've had in. From 2006 to 2016, everyone else eventually melted down, and that that does color yeah. color your your judgment for them. You may not be wrong. I did take Valverde. I took Valverde as my closer. Um, he was one year he blew zero saves. Yeah, one year he, he was, was perfect. He was also yep. not very good that year. He just had incredible fortune, but he was perfect. He he was entertaining. He was fun. He got the job done quite a bit. He was more reliable than Todd Jones, which is not saying, not saying a ton. Um, he lasted longer than K. Rod. Um, yeah, and for certainly than Joe Nathan. So I, Valverde is my de facto closer. Yeah. Other options were Fernando Rodney. Um, there's really and Benoit closed for us for a while. A lot of yep. poor, poor options. Okay, who you got in the eighth? Um, in the eighth, I'm taking Joel Zumaya. Okay, I think I, we for you know, uh, I think hindsight kind of lets us forget how uh, fun and exciting Joel Zumaya was. He's still in the top five. I think he was the top two or three in uh, WAR of of relief, Tigers relievers in the last ten years. Um, Zumaya. Yeah, injuries were the only thing preventing him from being, I mean, truly one of our all-time greats. Yep. He had the absolute stuff to do that. Um, I have him as just a regular bullpen member. My eighth-inning sure. man, He's. we need somebody to point at stuff. I went with Al Albuquerque. Uh, we said that, that Zumaya was fun when he was at his very peak. But when Al Albuquerque was at his absolute pinnacle, I don't think good. there was a more entertaining pitcher to watch in all of baseball. Um, he was at one point the all-time leader in strikeouts per nine among all pitchers ever in Major League yep. Baseball. Um, that slider. That sli- oh, that slider. the slider. Oh, freaking Al Albuquerque. <laughs> all right. Who he else? was such a maddening player to have and to watch. But when he was throwing sliders, you'd just be like, whatever, Al. I forgive you. I love you. Yeah, how could you, you get mad You could do face? anything and just throw sliders. That's fine. Um, who else do I got? Um, Jamie Walker. Jamie Walker. That's a good call. Um, he just edged out Bobby C for me. Uh, but I got Jamie Walker. Uh, certainly Fernando Rodney. Really good. Um, I had Justin Wilson, who you mentioned. I think he's worthy of a spot for sure. Uh, Joaquin Benoit. Uh, yeah, he was, I was looking at some of his numbers again. He was, I think we underestimated him because of some sig- singular bad moments, bad pitch. But, yeah. Yeah. But he was tremendous and really the first spot that I penciled <laughs> in here goes to, you know, who, and that is Philip Coke, Phil Coke. You laugh. I, there I is a laugh. reasonable rational argument why Phil Coke would be on this team. No one, no one pitched more relief innings in the last decade for the Tigers than Philip Coke. Wow. That's a and surprising stat. Top, uh, he was second in bullpen war 
hmm. over the last decade for us. He carried the freight for a long time. And uh, so come at me, haters. Some big Phil Coke moments. Phil was good for us. So this is a rabbit hole. But if he never moves to the rotation, do you think he's still on the Tigers as still an Uber elite reliever? Uh, probably not. I, I think that messed with it. I think that messed with something upstairs because he was I, I unreal before that and he was good but not great after that. Yeah, it, the starting thing just never worked out, no, even from the very beginning. terrible idea. Um, it was good conceptually because he was so strong out of the bullpen, so strong. Like, okay, how can we leverage this really good arm? I don't know. Use him uh, like and, Miller. Yeah, and while we needed – we needed another starter that year. Like we were looking around, we didn't have anybody. That was the pre-Brad um, Penny year, wasn't it? Yeah, I've, when you get old, history all gets muddled. If you say, you know, and I'm not good with years. If you just said, "Oh, 2012," and like, okay, uh, what year was that? And if you refresh my memory, one of the years we lost to the Rangers, <laughs> right? Because that was then about five of them. Um, all right, finishing my bullpen. I also had uh, Phil Coke and Bobby C. But to go with Bobby C., I also had Brandon Lyon because you can't have Bobby C. without Brandon Lyon. Because you got to have the C. Lyon. Got to have C. Lyon. And also, I think Lyon was only with us for one year, but he was really, really good yep. that one year. Um, C. Lyon was awesome. Yeah, they, well, that, was, that was about as good of a combo as we've had. Yep. Just. I mean, I think that says a lot about the bullpens we've had, but still. Um, and then I went for a conventional long reliever. Uh, the best I could come up with was Zach Miner. I feel like he had mixed results, but for the most part, I viewed him positively. Um, we've had a lot. He pitched of, a lot of innings. He carried a lot of freight for yeah, us. We've had a lot of really not great long relievers. Yeah. Um, the only person I had in the conversation is actually Shane Green. Yeah. Now, I think he could... He would be in that in that mix here pretty quickly, but I had uh, didn't didn't make my team, but I had Al Al on my honorable mention list as well. And I think Just, so. I think Justin Wilson probably deserves an honorable mention. He's he's thrown a lot of innings. I have him on in my team four years. Yeah. Um, or so no, not, excuse me, was... Alex, Alex, not Justin. Oh, Alex, yeah, yeah. Alex has has been really solid too, and it's funny because I looked up some stats here, um, and you look at the twelve top. 12 relief pitchers uh, for the Tigers over the last decade in Blaine Hardy. I was actually curious list. where Blaine he was in, in, in war. He has he, thrown a lot of innings over the last five, six years. Like he has been a, a key part of the bullpen just because he's never established himself for long stretches. Doesn't mean he hasn't been useful. And he helpful. gets, he gets hit at inopportune times. I don't know. Blaine Hardy is the one guy that I will defend beyond all ration. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, he's the one guy that I will, I will go beyond what I actually believe to defend him. <laughs> I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. 
Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. All right, let's move on to your power rankings. Power rankings. We spent a lot of time on this. Uh, I had a tweet today. I should probably look it up and give this person credit. But they said, Eric, would I be the only person interested in your power ranking of disc golf discs? And I said, no, I also would enjoy it. So we're going to go very quickly. My top disc golf discs. Um, And we're just going to go right right through it. Power rankings have been super niche in the last two weeks. Yeah. I like it. We're going to go quick. And if they don't, screw them. That's right. It's, hey, this is part of my podcast, too. I contribute a little. All right, here we go. Uh, number seven is a Discraft Buzz. It's a mid-range. This is probably the most popular disc golf disc in the world. I find them too inconsistent among plastics and stuff. I never know how quite it's going to behave. I've had some buzzes I like and some buzzes I don't. So that's probably, number seven. Probably one of the most onomatopoeic ones on your list. Yeah. And Discraft Buzz has to have the three Zs. Buzz. Ooh. I'm not comfortable Otherwise, with three Zs. That sounds like bourgeois that. crap. <laughs> uh, number six is an Innova Wraith. A wraith is a destroyer that normal mortals can actually throw. So a wraith is is number six. Sounds fancy. Yeah. Number five is I, I throw a lot of Innova because that's what I know. So that's going to be on my list. Number five is an Innova turn, a good distance driver for your average player. It's going to give you that little uh, little ass pattern. You can hyzer flip it if you get a little bit of a beat up one. That's my go to like distance driver is an Innova turn. Uh, number four is the putter that I use, and that is a dynamic discs judge. Innova doesn't have any nice flat putters of the bead. All their AVRs are too deep in my hand. I don't like that. Get yourself a judge. You'll be happy with yeah, that. Don't want it to go too deep. That's right. Number three is uh, Innova again is a leopard, and a leopard three is really what I like. This is a good first driver. It comes in a starter pack. It's going to uh, fly like money for you. Get yourself a Leopard. It's not too high speed. It's still useful. Leopards are awesome. Uh, number two for me is a rock. A rock. <laughs> Just a literal rock. No, it is. <laughs> this is. Uh, so let me tell you, a rock is a legendary bird because these are these discs are named after birds. It's R-O-C, not R-O-C-K. This is a real disc. I'm telling you, in of a rock. Now, does this rock also smell something cooking? It often smells something cooking. Yeah. And, um, you know, it brings the people's elbow <laughs> on occasion. No, a rock. The thing is, with both the buzz and the rock, they're like uh, trying to leverage their brand on this. So they make like a hundred iterations. Oh. Uh, so there's like a rock three and there's a rock three X. And now there's like a Buzz SS and a Buzz OS. You know, it's just they're just trying to make money. Got to do what you got to do. <clears throat> but yeah, my G Star Rock Three, that's my go-to. Love that. Number one. Any guesses? All <laughs> uh, Stone. Wait, it's it's birds. I'm gonna go with the Pelican. Close, close. 
No, not that close. It's a Thunderbird. Ah, a Thunderbird. Innova a Thunderbird. Uh, for me, uh, they're so trustworthy. They give you that reliable fade. Of not a nice distance. You can really rip into it, and you don't got to worry about flipping it over. Um, so you get a. Uh, some are a little bit more flippy than others, but Thunderbirds. This number one. It's so much fun. Boom. I carry three of them, two or three of them. That, so. In your in your pants? <sighs> I might have one in my pants right now. At all times. Yeah. This is getting really niche. Okay, <laughs> bottom three. Uh, an Innova Nova. Paul McBeth throws these. I can't get it to go straight. It's super deep. They're trash. Don't throw a Nova. Don't buy into the hype. Mm. Number two is a Dynamic Discs Witness. You can't keep the thing in the air. It's too flippy. I hate the freaking witness. Don't bother that. Number one, worst disc. And I, do you have a guess? It's no. – no, I do not. It is a dragon. Oh. A dragon is um, – you think it's kind of clever because it floats in water. Wouldn't that be helpful if you're by a pond? Maybe but you just try only... not throwing it in the water. Precisely. Just don't throw it in the pond. Okay. An Innova Dragon only comes in 150 grams, so it makes it completely useless. It's too light. You can't keep the thing in the air. You're constantly flipping it over. Don't get a Dragon. Don't buy for the water business. It's No, it's stupid. That is my completely unrelatable and highly niche-oriented power rankings. Hello, this is Eric's mom, and you're listening to the Podcastianos. Yeah, that was good. Um, At least I tried to do it quickly. You, you did it very quickly. Off. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, we'll run quickly through what I saw on the side of the road. I saw three different uh, empty bottles of Fireball on the side of the road today running. Different different paths, too. Do you think they're, so you, do you think they're all produced by the same power uh, Fireball drinker? I, I would assume you're not going to have three random Fireball litterers in the same town. So two of them were like mini bar size, and then there was another oh. one that was like about yay big. Um, you know, so I, <laughs> I don't know the cause of this, but it, here's the thing: if you're in Traverse City and you're drinking lots and lots of Fireballs, maybe you try throwing away your empties. You know, maybe don't yeah. leave them on the side of the road. Show some responsibility. All right, let's do some t- quick t- Twitter questions. Um, I've just picked out a few. If we don't get to yours this week, uh, we'll come back to them next week. Um, at Rajcast eighty one asks us in honor of back to school. You guys believe in trapper keepers and any baseball folders growing up? I thought that was a good one. You know, I never did that. No, not the trapper keeper. I just went to the regular folders. The, were the trapper keepers invented when you went? Were you in school? Oh, laugh it up, Paul. Like when I was in elementary school, Trapper Keeper were the thing to have. Yeah, I, I definitely had one. I actually wasn't um, into baseball folders. I'm a little ashamed to admit this, but I was super big into basketball and football when I was a kid. I didn't okay. get into to yep. baseball till like middle school. Um, so I had a lot of the bad boy Pistons folders. That's where I was at. And then Grant Hill, obviously, because I grew up in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, Rocking this- the teal. Uh, at Tigers underscores opinions asks us, is Tim Tebow the new Donnie Kelly with his new good deeds every day? Every day all I see is Tebow helping fans. I don't I don't I don't like the Tebow thing. Tebow is just too much. Donnie at least was a little understated. Tebow is outside it's oversized for me with Tebow. I'd agree with that. I I haven't liked him since he played football. 
Um, I thought that he got too much recognition because the first year that the, the Gators won the national championship, he wasn't even the starting quarterback. And then everyone looks at him as a two-time national championship quarterback. He didn't. He was a backup. Chris Leak was the starter on that team. Um, yep. So that was the, the football rant you expected to hear. Um, now, if you, if you ask James McCann about his faith— if you ask Donnie Kelly about his faith, those guys are going to be eager to eager to share with you. If you ask them, Tebow was not like that. Tebow, uh, once he scored a touchdown, he's uh, doing his Tebowing and he's kneeling and he's carrying on and so forth. To me, it just seems like too much of a show. You know what Tebow and I do have in common, though? Tebow born in the Philippines. I have massive Filipino roots. So there is that. I think you're leveraging that a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> me, Br- me, Bruno Mars, and Pacquiao. Um, yeah. Let's see. Dylan Davis asks us, this is a pr- pretty pressing one. Any hot takes on Kinsler getting thrown out by Angel Hernandez last night? Is he fed up with his team this season, or was it just that game? To be fair to Kinsler, Angel Hernandez is kind of a dope, isn't he? Yes. And, I mean, and not good at his job too. Like, yeah. Either be you know good at your job or be able to handle people telling that you're not. Yeah. It's fine, one or the other. Kinsler is kind of a hothead from time to time, but if he's going to be a hothead, this time it's understandable. Yeah, at least it was to to Angel. Um, all right, last one. This one comes from Nicholas uh, Holler three. Will we ever see a woman play in the Major League Baseball? If so, when and who might be the first? I'm not going to say never, but it's pretty tough, isn't it? Uh, I mean, it would have to be um, a really crafty lefty knuckleballer, right? Yeah. And I'm not disparaging women at all. It's just our, our physiognomy, our, our bodies are different, right? Uh, so who's your candidate to be the first? I don't I don't know. How many women baseball players do you know? I could name at least a handful. Okay, let's go. I'm I'm listening. I'm gonna edit this part out. Monet Davis. Oh yeah, there you go. That's probably the one. There you there you go. Um that's that's who we're going with, Nick. Monet. Did you ever watch that show um about the woman baseball player Pitch? I, was that the name of it? Yeah, it was. I typically don't watch sports television shows because i have a hard time thinking beyond the well it probably wouldn't happen like that yeah like i know it's it's, tough to suspend disbelief yeah i know it's super cynical but that's that's just kind of where i'm at i would i'd like to not be that way but i I just can't do it all right if you would like to get in touch with the show you can uh on twitter i am at jordan hall 23 eric is at comeric eric and the show is at podcastianos on instagram i am at jordino4 facebook.com backslash podcastianos And once again, we'd love it if you would take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or whatever other platform you're listening to the show on. And if you do that, uh, make it it funny, make us us laugh, and I'll I'll read it out on the show next week. Um, Eric, do you have anything else to say to the people before we get out of here for the evening? No, I don't think so. Enjoy life. Yeah, enjoy enjoy your baseball. Maybe use these next couple months to... um, enjoy summer in a way that you haven't before maybe watch a little less tigers maybe listen to a little bit more tigers podcast i don't know but um you know go go sit around a campfire go you know talk with your family go for a walk look at some leaves get yourself some sweet corn roast that crap up yeah yeah grill some vegetables and don't do that (laughs) grill grill some meat (laughs) 
Uh, with that being said, we will catch you guys next week. And eat them up, Tigers. Eat them up. Goodbye. Or adios, I should say. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 